This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This podcast, we're going to be talking to Dave Thompson again. Uh, we do some good podcasts t- together, Dave. We do, don't we? I hope people aren't getting sick of it. <laughs> Too bad if they are. Oh. Well, we're going to be talking about your um, article online about Pink Floyd's 50th anniversary edition box set of Dark Side of the Moon. And you say that it's the best looking box set ever issued. Um, um I yeah, I or you brought was, up that question, like you really think it should be considered. Maybe I was a little overexcited, it's horrible. No, um, they did a fabulous job, and you've got to bear in mind that Pink Floyd box sets in the past have either been very utilitarian, like the Discovery or um the early years. Or else they've just been a box with stuff in it, like some CDs thrown in on top of the marbles and the scarf. Yeah. You always hope for some kind of like packaging just to hold things in place would be nice. Yeah, the immersion sets. I I mean, I'd love to think that I would ever use those marbles or the scarf. Uh, Oh, you don't? (laughs) Ah. The marbles are sensational. I never um, understood why. One of mine's a sevener. Yeah. Well, anyway, (laughs) there are no marbles in this one, but there are sketches, there are pieces of art. um, You know, some of these posters. I can remember one of the posters when I was a kid was in sort of mass production. It used to be in record stores on sale, and that's the one where. It spells out Pink Floyd. You have all the members of the band in concert. Right, yes. Pink background. So that was that's one that's been out there. Uh, you know, it's cool that they put it in there because it's not being sold anymore. Uh mass market and and if it is, it's on if it is sold, it's on eBay and it's going for lots of money and it probably has some tack holes in it. Yeah. Holes from <laughs> I should put some blue tack on the back. 
Ah, those are the days. Those were the days. I and you only see that mostly uh, at record stores now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they did a great job. They stuck in, they stuck in all the posters. Um, the stickers are there. The book, which you can buy separately, people, um, the book is absolutely stunning. Even though it's black and white and you think, well, this should be in color. Buy some crayons, color it in yourself. Well, sometimes it, black and white photos are just more powerful. Yeah. Especially vintage-wise. Um, you know, people could take, well, they can convert them to black and white, but so many <laughs> people take photos now on their iPhones and think they're photographers. But, uh, it's you know, it seems like nowadays photos saturate the social media and everyone's taking photos and black and white gives it a sort of vintage quality you know it does uh i mean i've always liked black and white pictures but i guess because i grew up with black and white music papers now did you did you check out the dolby atmos um that is no, I, I don't even know what that is there's all this new <laughs> surround sound gubbins i've got my you know i've got my stereo set up for mono i don't care <laughs> well, some who have tried it that I've uh, read, and one of our authors, who um, Ray Chelstowski, said it's amazing. Really, I'm yeah. sure it is. Because you mean, got but... the, you got the clocks and the heartbeat, and you know that you go back and forth if you got all the speakers set up. <laughs> is it necessary? It's of not, course I, not. But I, I mean, I think if some people rich, do really enjoy surround sound and its many descendants i just wish they'd find one system settle on it then we'd all know which one to go out and buy did you ever buy the quadraphonic uh albums back in the day i bought quadraphonic albums i never bought a quadra quadraphonic record player ah um there you go again you know it's like some quad albums had different mixes which i was interested in Rock On by David Essex sounds absolutely mind-blowing on the quad disc, even if you're playing it in stereo. Uh, Mott the Hoople's The Hoople was another one. Um, <clears throat> but Pink Floyd would be a, an appropriate artist for this. Yeah, topic. I've got, um, what's its face? Um, oh, Dark Side of the Moon. I should know that. We're talking about it. I've got Dark Side of the Moon quad. Mm. And... I mean, it does sound it does sound good. Well, and what's it. amazing about this is a lot of these sound effects were created, you know, kind of manually, right? I mean, it's not like they had the oh yeah. It's it's that's what makes it even more interesting because yeah. nowadays you just pop in a computer sound, <laughs> um, and that's it. But you know, people don't realize that. I guess that was part of the fun in production for the band, right? Coming up with different sounds and and probably also part of yeah, you know, part of the stress and strain. Um, I mean, it's also the fiftieth anniversary of Tubular Bells this year, and you go back and read those old interviews with Mike Oldfield about how every splice had to be done by hand, and he had tape like running through all the corridors and up the stairs and into the toilet and so on and so forth and had to follow the tape and like mark it with a China graph pencil and then hope he cut it in the right place. And yeah, then, it's, 
taking that and then trying to mix it into well he did it into quad um what a nightmare <laughs> but also looking back the challenge was kind of fun but you know oh, i'm sure yeah it's too easy today right i mean it's easier right? well i don't know let's see us do it <laughs> <laughs> come on and you and i we're gonna mix wish you were here into quadraphonic easy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll do. We'll use the bathtub. We'll use, uh, you know, record some there, and then record some, you know, outside. Um, yeah, Todd Rundgren used to do a lot of time record stuff outside. Um, do you think that you consider Dark Side and the Moon a five star album? Right? No, you don't. No. Um, my favorite Floyd albums are Animals and Metal. Okay, well, I consider a five star, but um, you know, at this time in my life, I put on Animals or Wish You Were Here more than Dark Side. I feel like you know, I've I've had my experience with Dark Side so much that I don't need to revisit it as much. Now, this set will make me revisit it again. Um, I haven't done that yet, but you know, from what I hear, the sound. Um, is amazing even without the Dolby Atmos. Um, and also, I love that live album. That's yes. what I want to hear. That I really enjoyed. But, you know, there again, that was in the immersion box. Right. right. So, but I mean, going back to this box, the fact that everything is sort of individually packaged, um, the CDs are in sleeves inside a folder with their own little slots they're in cases um the records come in their own little box all the ephemera is individually packaged i mean god knows how many trees died to make this box ouch but what um, about what about the 45s the 45s are in their own folder yeah a little harvest yeah Sleep. um i mean everything is just done so nicely there's a real attention to detail now you will play the 45s. I know you. No, actually. No? I've got scratchy olds. Okay, that's the ones you play? I don't know if I've played a Pink Floyd single in many years. Oh, um, that's a great song. It is, but you know, it's on the album. If I even really need to listen to money, right. um, I would call a psychiatrist. That's one of those songs <laughs> I'm actually very tired of hearing. I mean, what did impress me? I don't know if you heard about this. Um, they had a big solar eclipse in Australia a couple of nights ago. Yes. And they played dark. Um, they set it up so eight competition winners were taken into the middle of who knows where, where there's this black pyramid set up. And they stood around, they watched the eclipse, and Dark Side of the Moon was played while it was taking place. And they timed it so that as the sun completely disappeared you got the lyric the sun has been eclipsed by the moon mm. and it's like that i would have loved to have seen thankfully they've made a, a documentary which is going to be out soon apparently mm. but i mean that said that's what dark side of the moon is for you're playing during an eclipse so you don't have to hear it that often but or watching wizard of oz of course have you tried the wizard of oz thing <laughs> I'm afraid not. I'm not much of a Pink Floyd fan, am I? I haven't done that either. <laughs> or maybe you're not I'm, a Wizard of Oz fan. I'm such, I'm such a loser. 
Um, we we have a, we have an article about it um, on our site, uh, and a lot of people every, I mean every month we did that about ten years ago. Um, Susan Slowicki, uh, one of our staff members, she's no longer here, but she actually did it with you know DVD and CD uh, combined, and it does line up. You know, it, it is kind of eerie. It does line up with certain things um now the band says no that's garbage but hey it as i guess it's serendipity because it works yeah i mean i've heard it works i'm i'm just not yeah i'm not too good at getting all that kind of stuff together <laughs> right you don't care um basically <laughs> yeah, if, if it's if it's not on an eight track yeah i can sync the eight track up to you don't you don't want to follow the yellow brick road no i mean i I love the wizard of oz and you know i like dark side of the moon but two of them together that sounds way too exciting i wonder why you know you know first of all this is a small sample but you know we have a we have the goldmine store because we are the music marketplace right so yeah but this is a sample that right away the dark side of the moon 50th anniversary set sold out but yet animals didn't sell out wish you were here didn't sell out um it's like the wall didn't sell out so it's like that is probably the most popular pink floyd album mainstream oh it is but i suppose the argument is does popularity make it the best no no because no, if I, you're I, going to say that you know the Osmonds were better than David Bowie and Grand Funk and Deep Purple in the early seventies, the Bay City Rollers were much better than Led Zeppelin in the mid seventies, um, and so on. Popularity does not mean it's automatically a great record. That is one of the handful I'd say that do cross the line between yes, it's popular and yes, it's quite good. Unless, of course, you're someone who doesn't like it. You know, if you hate Hotel California, it doesn't matter how many copies it's sold. Right. It's still hateful. But, I mean, this is how some classic albums are. I mean, look at Rumors, right? They, You know, for the first time this year, vinyl outsold CD as a format. Yeah. And the top five selling albums, Rumors was on it. I mean, people just continuously buy this record. Um, and I'm sure Dark Side, I didn't check. They weren't in the top five. That wasn't in the top five. But I'm sure uh, that's in there as well. People just continuously buy it. I guess they wear it out. They buy a new copy. Um, well, they've heard how good it is. I mean, yeah. I don't, it's like I don't begrudge anybody the right to buy those records. Right. And I'm glad in a way that they're still selling. But it's... It's the whole sacred cow thing that, you know, there's probably people planning to write me hate mail now because I'm not absolutely in love with Dark Side of the Moon. But it's... You still love it. Yeah, I mean, and some records records you've heard so many times. I mean, you get to be my age. I'm 87 next birthday. (laughs) And, or is it 80? I don't know. Um, You're almost as old as Mick. Oh, Mick, I remember him when he was a little boy. <laughs> um, 
I've heard that album so many times. You know, it's it's fifty this year. Yeah, I heard it the week it came out, mm. and I've probably heard it. You know, more times than things I've played willingly right. in the years since then. Um, yeah, and you sort of reach a point where I'm glad I've got it. I'm glad I've got a beautiful new version of it. Um, I have played it, and I thought they did a jolly good job with it. But at the same time, one of the greatest albums ever made, eh, I prefer Ricky and the Last Days of Earth. Well, this is the thing, though. Um, I hope they do the 50th real nice for Wish You Were Here and Animals. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Wish You Can Hear, I could see them doing. Um, And Animals, they're just going to... Well, Animals, they kind of... They just brought out the box set of yeah, I know. So people, it could well be that that is going to be our our lot. And yeah, it's too you, bad because it, it wasn't really complete. And I want an inflatable it, pig, quite frankly. So it, well, my wife and I were talking about that actually. If that album had come with an inflatable pig, it would have been you know, the best box set ever. Right. It because, should. Because we need an, we need inflatable pigs. It's the For most For God's sakes, I was given marbles. Yeah. And a scarf. And, Why can't they put the money into an inflatable pig? That would be and much much better. as I hate the word iconic because it's never appropriate. But if the you know, if the triangle on Dark Side of the Moon is iconic, the pig, the inflatable pig, is like double iconic with chocolate ice cream. <laughs> Well, let's hope that in 2027, uh, there is a glorified animals box set 50th anniversary. Um, Because you know they're going to put one out. If if we make it to, if we make it uh, for the 50th anniversary of the wall, if the world is still around, uh, you know they're going to put one out for that. Yeah. And that's a shame because I think that is the most overrated and, and unnecessarily appreciated Floyd album of all. Yeah. I even prefer the final cut. Ooh, interesting. <clears throat> you prefer the, the <laughs> moment, momentary lapse of reason? Uh, do you really consider that a Pink Floyd album? I, it, I don't know, but it sounds some some of it sounds dated. Oh, it's so dated, and they tried to undate it on the later years box set. Yeah, they did a good, decent job. They did a decent job, but you realize just what an uninspired record that was. Well, it's just like, uh, yeah, it was more like a "We'll show waters, ha ha ha." Um, yeah, I mean, I um, bought it just to because I like Gilmore. Um, you know, but almost feel like just going to his solos. You know, it's like you know, uh, it just uh, I don't have any uh, desire to really play it. No, and that's a shame because I usually don't feel that way about Pink Floyd. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, getting back to the dark side, um, what do you think leading up to the dark side? Uh, what songs of Pink Floyd do you think that? were hints that they were heading in that direction. I mean, I love the song The Embryo. Yeah. Um, the music, the music in that song is pretty spectacular. I love it. 
I mean, you listen to live tapes from like 69, 17, you know, embryo green is the color, yeah. things like that. You could see them heading in that direction. Mm -hmm. And then they did Atom Heart Mother, which I always think was a total dead end. Really? Um, yeah. Because um, they didn't follow up anything that's on it, really. Um, what do you think about the Arthur C. Clarke-inspired uh, Childhood's End? Um, that was wasn't that obscured by clouds? Yeah. That was an obscured by clouds. I mean, and that's a great that's a great song, and you have like that heartbeat, that yeah, like hints at you know what's <laughs> to come, right? But they, I think they were already working on or thinking about Dark Side at that time. Yeah. So they made, you know, that album for all we know was sketches that didn't get used. Metal was the album which really pointed towards where they were going between one of these days, Echoes, Fearless and Pillow of Winds. And more. Well, more was a lot earlier. Yeah. but And again, that was, that was another one of... Oh, oh dear, our songwriters left. Throw in what you've got and we'll do what we can. Um, although the Nile song, I still think, was absolutely amazing. First you time I heard like, that, it's like, the wow, more, the more bizarre the Pink Floyd song, the more you like it. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? What did you say? The more bizarre the song is of Pink Floyd, that Pink Floyd put out. The more you like it. No, that's really un that's really unfair. How cruel okay. you are. No, I mean I like I mean everybody loves echoes, everybody loves pigs. Um everybody loves the Nile song. Right. <laughs> and I'm not even thinking about the earlier Barrett stuff because that was effectively a different band. Well, basically you have Nick Mason to thank I thank for all this. I I, I think for continuing legacy i mean roger waters well he goes off and he does his pink floyd stuff right yeah and gilmore is really into his own music so and that's what you call it and and and, and the fact that they so-called hate each other or have these petty squabbles on twitter um it's like <sighs> It's, it's like, like why? Why do they? Why do they have these little? Yeah, and why do we care? And oddly, why do they coincide with a new reissue coming out? Uh, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> kind of odd. And they say they hate each other, but they show up at events together and take um, pictures together. And you know, do they? Uh, it seems like you know. And the only time I can think of us seeing them in the same room together was Live 8, which was 20 years ago, no, 15 years, 10 years, 15, I don't know. I a think long I time ago. something about them appearing at the same event, taking a photo, but maybe I'm wrong, but... Yeah, or maybe they both got invitations but didn't know the other was going. Because I remember thinking, wait a minute, I thought they just blasted each other. On... Well, you can hate one another and still go to the same events. Oh, uh, or, you know, the sort of family relative syndrome which is i i love you but i don't like you <laughs> i don't think i don't think it's that going by some of the things that um what's her face mrs mrs oh, yeah. Moore has written um talented girl though she is i wish she wasn't on twitter 
quite so snarky. Right. Yeah, I mean, social her, media is really. I liked when these bands had more mystique. You know? Yes, and I also liked it when they had, I suppose, more manners. I mean, that yeah, whole Twitter hear, thing. That's true. That, I mean, that entire Twitter thing. It's like she woke up that that morning and just like, oh, I think I'll be really rude about Roger this morning, and just fired it out, and then sat back, and then for. The husband to sort of, oh, I agree with every word. Of course you do. She'll hit you if she if you don't. Um, it was <laughs> it was so childish and so unnecessary. And if you want to hate each other, do it in your own time. Yeah, I agree. We, or... don't, we don't need old men shouting at clouds that look like one another anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Finnish word that I can't pronounce, but it basically means getting drunk in your underwear on your own. Or it begins with just, K, and that's what it seems. That's how it feels to me. If you hate each other, just meet up in a studio and get it out in music. You know. Oh, I'm not sure that'd be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> might, might turn out to be extreme heavy metal or something. You never know with them, do you? <laughs> they're, um, gonna, they're gonna do a concept album based around the Nile song. You know, I've given up that there will ever be a Led Zeppelin reunion tour, but you never know with Pink Floyd. I mean, sure, one member is deceased, but um while they're still alive, you never know. They might do the, with some of these you know what they call a tour which is i can't see it um in fact i hold floyd to that sort of remarkable standard that really only genesis and the beatles have stuck to of yeah. not reforming okay. well and i i like that in a band you know if, if you can't stand to be together for whatever reason break up don't wait until you need to sort of top up the pension fund and then come back out. Yeah, the, then they who would take Richard Wright's uh, place? Um, I'm sure that, there's a, I'm sure there's a Nepo baby somewhere in the family. <laughs> Someone who needs to. <laughs> but let's face it, it's probably never going to happen, right? Um, I hope not. Well, I'm I like to... the, I like Floyd being sort of over, done with in the past. They were great. Thank you very much for everything you did. Now, yeah. and I always loved like the uh, side men, like uh, Dick Perry, um, the saxophonist. I mean, he did a wonderful job on Dark Side. Some of the yeah. side solos. Um, I don't even know if I got to look if he's still alive, but. Um, yeah, there's some, you know, some uh, great side musicians. And, you know, of course, the vocals on The Great Gig in the Sky. Um, you had uh, a lot of things that went into it. You had Alan Parsons as an engineer, you know. I mean, as you may be aware, I don't talk about it very often, but I'm not a very big fan of saxophones. Really? No. I know that's I a surprise. That is. Um, yes, who is? Um, but Dick Perry is one of the few sax saxophone players who I can listen to quite happily on Dark Side of the Moon. Right. And, and you know that, remember the mixing board 
sold at auction for like an astronomical sum. Did it? I managed to. Yeah, and um, where are you going to put that? I know you're. If someone's into Pink Floyd memorabilia, but where would you put that? The shed. The shed. <laughs> well, you put it in your man cave, but I mean, you'd have to have some, you know, like that. I don't know. Are you inviting people over all the time? Say, like, look, that Dark Side of the Moon was produced on this big hunk of. Yes, and <laughs> and then you they can all sort of sit there and look at it. So yes, very nice. But what does it do? And probably someone will spill a, a beer on it or something. I, I'm sure they won't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, thanks, Dave. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. You, what else do you have to promote? Let's talk about some of your. How are your books going? Um, oh, my child ballads book is out in July, and this for children who do not know is a book about the most important folk songs ever written, compiled by a Boston pro, or Harvard professor in the eighteen eighties, and they have been the so the basis for pretty much every folk record made since then. Oh. And I've written a book purely concerned with recordings of them. And it has everybody from Queensryche and Led Zeppelin to Richie Blackmore, Fairport Convention, Steely Span, lots of little old ladies who get ambushed by college professors with microphones saying, do you know any old songs? Sing them to me. Um, it's great. And it's going to be out in July, and we're going to do a podcast for that. Okay, sounds and good. I, I promise not to sing any of them. And you're going to pick up uh, some record store day releases. You know, I was talking to a friend about that this morning. Um, from what I've heard and sort of seen in postings by record shops, they are damned expensive this year. Inflation, uh, baby. I know inflation, but, you know, when do you reach that point where it's like, should I, yeah, can I justify spending, you know, 40 to 50 bucks on a record store day double album that I'm going to play twice? Yeah, well, you're also collecting it, right? It's also well, collectible as well as a thing you'll play. You do you think, and this is something I would really love listeners to get involved in and sort of comment or write us postcards or something. Do collectors today still work like collectors did in the 70s, 80s, 90s, where you buy the core catalog, you buy the offshoots and the singles, you, you know, everything that comes out. Do you buy every single remaster, every single colored vinyl? Um, of the same records or is there a, a point where you say it's exactly the same thing it's just a different color i don't care or do you buy them i think they buy them i mean you well that's even... why i that's why i asked our listeners to tell us because okay. i think i think they may buy them you think they do but i'd like to know um... because yeah i mean i collected david bowie you know actually for longer than i've been listening to dark side of the moon by one year and i reached a point God, probably about 10 years ago where it was just all right no it wasn't 10 when did he die 2016 um sometime after that five years ago where i just reached a point saying this is silly i do not need 
such and such an album in five different colors, sleeves, mixes, etc., etc. Um, yeah, I've got I've got the original, I've got the reissue, I've got the CDs. Stop. <laughs> and yeah, I see with Aladdin saying, you know, half speed pink vinyl, you know, no marbles edition. And it's like I wow. love that picture disc. I, you know, we, we have it in the store. I got it. But the Aladdin same one. Yeah. You know, that's another of those covers that I know is and the picture disc is half speed mastered. So it's like, you oh, know. Great. <laughs> the worst <laughs> sounding, the worst sounding format. <laughs> no, it's different now. It's different. Yeah, that's what they say. Aladdin uh, Sane is another of those covers, actually, that I've never been overly impressed by. Really? Yeah, when it came out at the time, it was like, oh, that's different. You know, I was 13. And, Core, it's David. Um, I believe you're in the minority. As time has gone by, it's like, I don't like the picture that much. Well, uh, I thought Diamond Dogs had a better cover. I thought Ziggy Stardust and Pinups certainly had better covers. Well, you know, I think collectors run the gamut. They come in yeah. all shapes and sizes. And, you know, I, I've seen on social media where there's a new generation that, you know, uh, Taylor Swift uh, fans that are buying all the colors, all, everything they get. They hit. are at the moment, but right. in 20 years' time, I don't let's know. say, will. Yeah, because I think Taylor Swift fans are going to prove as loyal as us suckers who listen to old stuff. I mean, in 20 years' time, will they still be saying, oh, wow, I've only got 14 green vinyl copies of that one, or, or coloured vinyl. I'd better buy this one because it's a shade I don't have. I can't speak for her fans. Um, I'm not, not? One, of her, I, one of them. I do respect her for supporting record stores and Record Store Day and all that, but um, let's look at, uh, you know, like for instance, Pink Floyd, Hypnosis, uh, you know, the album cover are everything. Some people just collect for, you know, the tangible aspect of it. Yeah. The visuals. And, you know, it's just, you feel like you, abs you have something, you own it instead of, you know, calling it up on. Um, oh, you know, no, I and, agree. It's yeah. just, it's the repetition that I okay. wonder about. Well, you know, it's, you know, the, also the pressing plants are at their maximums, maximum, uh, you know, output and, and, you know, that's going to drive up the price. I mean, there's such a, there are too few plants and too much, uh, you know, too many people wanting vinyl. So, you know, everything is put out on vinyl now. Um, doesn't matter, you know, which band, right? I mean, you see indie bands putting vinyl out. Yeah. It's, uh, you know it's just strange because when say an indie band put vinyl out in the seventies, it was really unique. You know, they made a hundred copies and that stuff would probably, if it's a, especially if it's a prog band, right? <laughs> it sells for, you know, like thousands of dollars on, on eBay, but, or at least a hundreds of dollars. Right. Um, I don't know if that will happen in 20 years with all the independent stuff that's out. I, I don't know if it will happen, but you know, I can't predict you know, this is why I don't play the stock market. So, um, I, mean, I was amused to see that, um, what's their face? Um, Metallica have just bought their own pressing plants. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, and the thing is, is it now going to be make 
purely doing Metallica albums or is it going to be open to other people? Have we lost a pressing plant or has one maybe been saved from major label? I think both. I think they're going to do both. They're going to try to discover new bands or they're going to try to promote. I think that uh, Lars is a big fan of the uh, British heavy metal, the new wave of British heavy metal. I think there are reissues of that stuff, which, you know, I kind of in a very, you know, a lot of that stuff was not good and it was produced horribly. Oh, how dare uh, but you. praying mantis were great. I have a soft spot for it because you know I grew up through it and yeah, I like the tigers of Pantang, but every time they put up an <laughs> album, it sounded like mud, you know. So, you know, hopefully it'll be redone and stuff like that. But we digress. Um, it never crossed your mind that perhaps it was meant to sound like mud. <laughs> No, no one ever did. Um, there was that live album that David Bowie and Iggy did for Iggy, um, TVI, where they deliberately mixed it so you sort of got the view from halfway back in a crowded room. Ah. Um, it got the worst reviews ever. I adored yeah. it. And we it carried was- in the store. <laughs> It was funny because I interviewed, it, I, listeners. I interviewed Iggy and uh, like Virgin were doing their uh, Iggy reissues. And yeah. I said, so are we going to get TBI? And he was like, no. And it's like, come on, it's the best. And I I, sort of, I think I raved about it so much. Um, six months later, it came out. And I don't know if I was responsible for that or if it was going to come out anyway. But it was just funny. He didn't want it to come out. <laughs> well, the top the, the clock is ticking down, so we have a minute left. Oh, well. So I want to say thank you, Dave. Yes. And uh, also, uh, listeners, don't forget to pick up the newest issue. It's at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Uh, we're bi-monthly now. And don't forget to go to goldmymag.com for separate exclusive content. Uh, every day, uh, Dave is one of those contributors as he has several columns. And then also go to uh, goldmi- shop.goldminemag.com. Um, as I said, we have a store, we're a marketplace, and we carry, uh, we'll carry all the Pink Floyd, but we're out of Dark Side of the Moon. So <laughs> you should have, have Wish You Were Here and Animals box sets. All right, Dave, thanks so much. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. It was always. Yes. And uh, we'll we'll do another one on the podcast. Great. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.